This is the Coach to Coach Podcast, episode number 34. Game time. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Coach to Coach podcast, where we believe every kid deserves a coach that cares and every coach deserves someone in their corner. I'm your host, Nate Salee, and this podcast is sponsored by the Northern Kentucky Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Once again, we are so grateful to our donors, our prayer partners, our leaders, our advisory board, so many incredible people that have linked arms with us in recent years to see the movement of God that is Northern Kentucky FCA and the life change that we experience on a regular basis. Hey, real quick, before we get going, if you found value in previous episodes, could you take just a moment and give us a rating on whatever app you're using? It would really help us get the word out and serve more coaches. As a reminder, the purpose of this podcast is to capture the collective wisdom in Northern Kentucky, Greater Cincinnati, and beyond so that we can all get better together. It's possible to lead a high-performing team and also transform lives in the process, but it takes intentionality and it takes one another. I'm so excited for this episode. We are talking with Kevin Cristello. Kevin is currently Assistant Athletic Director for Football Operations at Virginia Tech University. He is a Northern Kentucky native, went to Simon Kenton High School, and has had several stops along the way, including Eastern Kentucky University, Nebraska, Coastal Carolina, and a couple of others that I'll let him get into it. But he has a lot of wisdom to bring to the table when it comes to the side that isn't maybe as fun or intuitive for everybody as coaches. And it's the admin, the operations, how do we maximize our time and get things done in a way where we can focus on the things that we got into coaching in the first place, the players, the game itself, trying to really enjoy that. And he has some great insights on how we can maximize our time, empower others, and really be able to hopefully just enjoy coaching at a whole new level and lighten the load a little bit off of the shoulders when it comes to, gosh, all the the red tape and the paperwork, everything else. He just has some great philosophies on things that he's learned over years of experience at different levels on how to just navigate all those different things. So I'm not going to hold you off any longer. Let's hop right in to our conversation with Kevin Cristello. All right, guys, we are here with Kevin Cristello. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How about yourself? Hey, we're hanging in there. We're, we're, we're zooming it up just like you've been uh, most of the day as well. Uh, just to give our listeners a little bit of a bio, uh, we've, I've known Kevin since college years, but to know kind of kind of his quick background, I know you started out, grew up in Independence. Did you go to Twin Hoffel Middle School? Yeah, well, I actually grew up in Morningview, Kentucky. Okay, yeah, technically Morningview, that's right. Yeah, there's like DeMossville, Morningview, some different yeah. different pockets. I don't want to not uh, not include those. So I went to, yeah, grew up in Morning, Morningview, Twin Hoffel, Simon Kenton, standout football player, went to Moorhead State University, which is where we met. His wife, Erin, was the – she was the maid of honor in our wedding. We uh, ended up just having a, a cool, cool time there. Then you go on, you stay on as a GA at Moorhead. Mm-hmm. And then I think I have this right, is it – is it East Carter and then KCU? It was KCU first. KCU first and then East Carter. 
And then, gosh, yeah, bring me up to speed on the on the other other stops. Then I went to Eastern Kentucky University. I was there for about six years as a director of football ops. Got an opportunity to go out to University of Nebraska and be assistant director of football operations out there. Uh, was there for uh, a short 12-month stay. Um, then got a job at Coastal Carolina University. Was there for two years as a couple of different roles there both in recruiting and in football ops, chief of staff eventually. And now I am uh, assistant AD for football at Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been really excited for you guys. You're just now getting your getting your feet wet there at Virginia Tech, and that's right when all this corona stuff hit as well. So you're probably still kind of just <laughs> finding your bearings, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out. Um, whenever, you know, I've been at a couple different levels. Uh, whenever you get to the Power 5 level, you no longer um, – have one or two people that can answer what you have to answer. Uh, for example, like in compliance, there's not one or two people, there's eight to 10 people. So just trying to navigate, narrow that down, who handles what still uh, in different areas of academics and all different styles. Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, let's go back to kind of life as a athlete growing up through the ranks. We just mentioned all the different stops you had on uh, post your playing career, but I know you played under several different programs and teams and coaches growing up. Who who do you think really left a mark on you as a coach and, and why? Well, I, uh, I'll i say this, Nate. I uh, actually, being from the great state of Kentucky, uh, had hoop dreams my entire life, uh, only played football really my senior year and kind of kind of crazy how it kind of led me to the path I'm in now. But you know, growing up playing basketball, I, I would have to say my dad kind of was my coach, uh, which was good and bad. Yep. <laughs> uh, kind I remember this because he was on, he was hard on me because he wanted me to do well. Um, and then when I started playing football, he knew nothing about football, never played it. Parents wouldn't let him. And I do remember him telling me after one game, and I'll never forget it. And I'll probably tell my kids, unfortunately, but he said, I don't know anything about football. But all I can tell you is if that's the kind of effort you're going to give, then you better change it. Uh, simple and clear. Simple and clear. And I understood it because, you know, um, he was he was very uh, passionate about working hard. Didn't care if you were good. He obviously wanted me to be good, but he cared more about the product of what basically I was putting out there was a product and version of my family. And if we weren't going hard, he let you know about it. Yeah. And- it's such a, such as again, just a simple thing, but man, there's some depth to that just on the spiritual side where, you know, one of Caitlin's life verses, my wife, it's Colossians 3.23 with uh, work at everything with all of your heart as if you're doing it for the Lord, not for man. But then this idea of we're, we're a representation, we're an ambassador for ourselves, for our family. And for those of us that have faith, we're, we're kind of representing what it means to be a Christian athlete at that point too. And, and people are watching. Yeah. For sure. And then I would say the second person is probably my old high school basketball coach, Scott Humphrey. He was very influential in how I am today because he was extremely hard on me and I felt like he didn't like me. I was one of those kids, like the head coach hates me. He doesn't like me. He's always on me. But he is the one that actually helped me get to Moorhead State University. And he was our basketball coach. Oh, interesting. So your basketball coach helped you on the path to your you know, going to the next level football-wise. Correct. I only played one year of football, so there really wasn't a whole lot of film. And, um, you know, Coach uh, there at Simon Kitten did a great job. But 
with with helping me get recruited, but Coach Humphrey had some contacts and really helped me get to Moorhead. And um, really one of the – it's a funny story going to Moorhead because I was a first day of school walk-on at a non-scholarship program. <laughs> so that's the kind of the joke that I tell people to kind of start my career. But I, you know, worked hard. And everything that I've done has been through hard work and just, uh, you know, the faith that I've had in the people that's been around me. Yeah, that's a great – that's a great way to sum it up. I've seen that with you as well. I remember hearing some of the stories when you're at the DOPS at EKU and you probably have to do it at different times too, but you would be driving ahead to be a road trip for that weekend. And you have to be driving ahead on the interstate four or five hours ahead of them for the restaurant or the hotel or wherever you were going to make sure everything was going to be all set and ready to go for the team. And, and you got, gosh, a hundred plus people behind you that are expecting things to go well. And for sure, uh, on the phone, making sure that the food showed up, uh, when did the bus leave, or there's a problem with this, and kind of, it's, uh, but I will say those, um, those type of obstacles, you know, being at Kentucky Christian University, a smaller Christian school with about four or 500 uh, enrollees, um, and doing a lot of things has really um, set me up for kind of where I'm at today, because I know how this is supposed to look. I know how this is. I'm not one of those people that well, I haven't done it before. I've, I've seen it and kind of been through it. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, whether the budget has been minuscule or huge at different different schools, you've kind of seen it all. What have been some some key takeaways that you've picked up from different coaches, whether it be, you know, Coach Hood at EKU or at Nebraska or, or even currently, you know, at, at Virginia Tech, that you feel like, man, this is this is an important piece if you're trying to build – a successful program or successful culture, man, I would say, man, I would put this up on the top five of things to be implementing. Yeah. Well, I, I can say like whenever I was at Kentucky Christian and Moorhead state, you always had to be mindful of your budget because you didn't have a big budget. Uh, when I got to EKU, I thought that I hit the jackpot, you know, looking back at it now, it wasn't great, but it was better than those places because it was a higher level. But the one thing that Dean Hood told me and kind of stuck with me as, you know, he's a man of faith and he kind of told me we've got to be good stewards of this money because it's not ours. That kind of resonated with me. And I was like, you know what? That's a great point. Treat it as if it's ours and, you know, do good things with it. And he was big on, you know, doing stuff for the kingdom and just where you spend your money and how you spend it is, is key. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to approach it. Yeah, just our, our time, our resources, whether it's our, our personal finances or the budget that we're given, how are we maximizing that and being good being good stewards, being good managers? Yeah, that's awesome. Correct. And the other thing I took from Dean Hood, which is great, and I've, I've, you, you go through your experience younger in your career, and as you get older and you learn from different people, the, another thing I took from him was this world is about relationships. And I've been at a lot of different levels and – kind of the relationships you have with people, good or bad, is what this world's about. And have, having a relationship with coaches, people, teachers, the custodians, uh, everybody, um, the same relationship, because that's what kind of God wants us to do is have relationships with everybody, including themselves. Yeah, and that's so good. I, I've heard it said recently that relationships aren't a means to the end in the kingdom that they are the end. Like that kind of, that kind of wraps it all up. Our relationship with God, relationship with others and being able to treat people 
the same across the board, like not the exact same, just because we have different types of relationships with people, but mm-hmm. to not look down on the janitor, for example, and not be so uh, intimidated by somebody above you that you're, that you're not able to, to connect with them either. You know, for sure. And, I, and I personally, I take personal pride in like, whenever I was at EKU, we had five managers that was easy. And I was in charge of them. It was easy to learn their name. And we had like two filmers. Yeah. You know, went out to Nebraska and they were 15 filmers and they were 15, 20 managers. So I tried to take time and learn everybody's name, where they're from. And I try to kind of, I always, they'll, they'll joke about me because I'll go, okay, you're Daniel from Richmond and Richmond, Virginia, or you're such and such from such and such. So I try to associate that way that they know that I care about them because I do genuinely want to get to know them and they are people. And just in my experience, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm at Virginia Tech now, but that's not changing. That doesn't identify or who I am. Uh, you know what I mean? That I'm at a power five school. Right. Uh, some people, when they go to the AFCA convention or something, they look, they say, Oh, I'm at college. You're in high school or you're a middle school coach. So I'm better than you. And, that's not the way to look at it. We're all people. We're all coaches. We're all ops people. Whatever it is, we should be helping everybody. Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, I, I didn't I didn't prep you for this question, but it just came to my mind. I've seen you go through some of these transitions because you had these different stops. And along the way, it was right around Christmas time. We, we've had a, a couple of different times where you've come back home and we've had you over for dinner, that sort of thing. And your perspective on not having a job at that moment and not really just not knowing what's what's coming around the corner that next year, the way you handled that was always just really impressive and inspiring to me. So I'd love for you to just kind of share what was going on in your mind and heart in between those stops between EKU, Nebraska, Coastal, and where you're at now. Yeah, um, you know, I've been, I've been fired and let go twice in my career. Neither one of them was my fault. Um, so what I basically learned in this whole process is it's not really things are out of my control. You know, I don't control it. So, uh, and I think what you're referring to is I kind of was upbeat and positive because I always knew that it's out of my hands and the big guy upstairs are going to take care of me. That's the kind of way I've always treated it. I've, I've really never interviewed for a job that I've got. Hmm. I've never went out and sought out things. I didn't seek out the, the Eastern job. I didn't seek out the Nebraska coastal Carolina. I didn't seek out any of these jobs. They have come to me. And I think a big part of that is just because of my attitude. And I'd like to think of because of my faith of who I am and just me being me and not worrying about the, the things I can't control. No, that's great. Well, there's, there's a couple of layers that I'm, I'm thinking of too. One is the, the serenity prayer. I, I posted that a couple of weeks ago, just on social media, right? As all this Corona craziness was starting, but it's about you know, accept the things we can't change, um, the courage to change the things we can and the wisdom to know the difference. But you've also talked about the the work ethic that you've taken pride in ever since your dad said, I'm, you know, you're going to need more effort. I don't know anything about football, but I need the more effort. And I think the process, you've just been so faithful at the process that that's kind of been the inputs that you've needed to, to get those referrals that you may or may not have even been asking for. But it, pe- for it's sure. amazing how, how much people are watching day in and day out, we don't even realize it. Again, and, and it's based on, like I said, relationships that you have with everybody. Because the reason I've got these jobs is because the people hiring have 
called people and that people have done their homework and they just have said, I don't know why they must have me mixed up with somebody else, but they've said good things about me. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of led me to where I am. And, you know, I haven't really had a whole lot growing up. Um, I don't really hold that against my parents. They did the best they could. Um, but I've also, that's kind of, that's molded me into how I am today. I didn't have a free ride. Things weren't easy growing up, but um, because of that, I know I want better for my kids, but I also, I, I still have a picture in my office of my childhood home. And I also have my locker tag when I was at Moorhead State. This will tell you, I came in at number 106. Yes. <laughs> that locker tag up with my picture of my house growing up, just kind of as a reminder to where you've come from and where, you know, where the big guy upstairs taken me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Well, Hey, let's, let's switch gears just a little bit. One of the things that I've seen personally with Caitlin coaching her volleyball team. And I hear over and over again, just in the coaching world is really feeling it can be overwhelming when you think about all the different pieces you got to do. And so many times you get into coaching so that you can coach the sport, coach the players and be around the game. And hopefully some of the motivation is to change your lives in the process. But there's a whole lot of admin operations type things that that just have to get done in order for that to even take place. And you've seen so many different programs, again, with different types of budgets. So if you're talking to a middle school, high school, youth, you know, college, I know there's probably different different levels you might say different things to, but what are some like go-to principles that would apply across the board on how do we, how do we most efficiently take care of all the admin ops things so that we can focus on the, the reason, the real reason why we're there? Yeah, for sure. And I think the number one thing is to always remember your why and why you're doing things. Uh, you know, why I got into doing it because somebody helped me, Coach Humphrey, uh, other people have helped me. So I want to help kids along the way. But the thing that's really kind of helped me out is I've worn multiple hats. There's a bunch of stuff that's got to get done is prioritizing what it needs to be done. Um, Cause currently I'm working on, you know, I'm in charge of budget that I'm in charge. I'll say it this way. I'm in charge of everything except coaching a position. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've got to prioritize based on, and that, that changes based on, time of year and what's going on. So I would say, just make sure you have a list. Uh, I'm a big list person. So I have a list of things that got to get done. And then I prioritize that and try to see, is this going to make this kid better? Is this going to make us better? And then take it from there. Yeah. Would you suggest over time, like if you're going to be coaching in a program or being around a program more than one year, trying to document as, as much as you can as far as, well, gosh, last year during spring break time, I was doing this. During the summer, I was doing this and just try to have those bullet points because you know you're going to do it again the next year, right? So do you recommend having having that kind of like year-long template almost? Yeah, so what I've always had starting whenever I was at EKU is I've had a yearly calendar. And it's mostly just an overview of what's going on but I also have made notes on that. So the following year, when you get back to, let's say, spring ball, you're looking at it a month ahead and you look at your notes and say, oh, don't forget uh, we have these issues. You know, these kids didn't get their check or we got to make sure this is going on with practice times. Uh, and what I've done here recently is I've even taken that to another level and I have what I call a kind of a policies and procedures 
No, I call it policy and procedures. It's not a typical, hey, like a rules, this is the first rule. It's, hey, during, uh, when I got, I got this job in January, this is how we did this. This is what next year I need to make sure we have done. Or we had a staff meeting, coach said he wants to get this done better. Mm -hmm. uh, bowl game, for example, uh, I, I got, I was fortunate enough to go to the bowl game and I just was a sponge and wrote down everything that uh, needed improvement on. So that next year, I'm not sitting here thinking, because I've done that before, is I sat there, well, what was that that we had to get? I, I just pulled it out to my policy and procedure, and there it is. Yeah, that's great. I've heard that weak ink is better than a strong memory. So just go ahead and write that baby down. <laughs> For sure. And, and Nate, I'll tell you another thing that I've kind of grown out of is, you know, I'm very prideful of my work. I want to do a good job, but I think there's a fine line between being prideful and ego. Mm. So having the ability to this day, like being able to say, Hey coaches, I know I set this camp up or I did this, I did that. And I worked very hard at it. What could I do better and getting feedback? Um, and sometimes it's, it's good stuff. And sometimes it's like, well, you don't have a clue or, but you got to welcome that kind of stuff because that's how you grow and it's how you get better. Yeah, just to have that continuous improvement mindset. I'm assuming if you're in charge of managers and film people and everything else, you've had to, I mean, you're only one person. You can't do everything that you need to get done. So you've had to work through other people. What have been some some things that you've picked up kind of on that side of things? How have you, how have you learned to delegate well? Well, it, it all starts with, to be honest with you, with trust and building trust uh, with the people um, and kind of helping anytime I hire somebody and I've hired people for throughout with interns, whatever is, can I trust them? It's a big trust thing. Are they kind of our kind of people? What's their character like and trust? If you get people in there that you can trust or you start building that trust with, then you can start working on help managing them and help their technique and their styles to fit with you and basically what the head coach wants. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always being uh, submitting to that and, Thinking through, that's really interesting. So it's not just, hey, this guy's a rock star at Microsoft Excel. It's like, no, I want to know first and foremost, can I trust this guy? And I can teach him some of the tools later. Correct. If, I, if I'm hiring, for example, if I was hiring an assistant at some point, uh, if I ever did, I look, can I trust this person? Can I trust them that they're not going to not only talk about me behind my back or can I trust them? Hey, I give you an assignment to do. Can I trust you to get it done? Now I can coach you up and how I want it done where eventually I kind of, you know, release the chain a little bit to where you feel more comfortable. Cause at the end of the day, my um, it's my area and I'm in charge and I'm responsible. I always tell them if this gets messed up, is a head coach going to call you in and yell at you or is he going to yell at me? <laughs> um, I need to make sure that I can trust that we're speaking the same language right now. Um, I'm, we got to make sure they're speaking hokey. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Well, I know huddle is a tool that's used across the board and just about everybody is using huddle at this point for video and everything. Are there any other tools? I'm just trying to get really practical here for a second. Are there any other tools or resources that you currently use or have used in the past that you think, you know, gosh, high school, middle school, different program might really benefit from this? You know, Huddle is nationally for recruiting. 
uh, and video services and that sort of thing. For me right now, I use a service called Teamworks, which is calendar communication. And if I did not have Teamworks, it'd be, it'd be difficult. Um, I know a lot of people use this old adage of this has never had a virus. Yeah. But if I didn't have Teamworks, uh, I'd be in trouble. And Teamworks basically just kind of provides me with a checklist. Um, if we switch a time as far as, as uh, practice time or I need to communicate with the guys, I can send them a quick text. And I know that that's not, um, not everybody has access to that. Yeah. But, you know, and I've had Teamworks almost at every stop except, you know, Kentucky Christian and Moorhead. Oh, that's good. So that's, is that a pretty, pretty high end subscription or what's it really, it really just depends. They kind of base it on where, what level you're at, yeah, uh, what you can pay. But, um, I, I recommend it, uh, <laughs> anywhere I'm at, if we don't have it, we're, we'll be getting it. Yeah. Priority one. That's mm-hmm. good. Well, and earlier, just for the listeners, he was pointing to a legal pad saying that doesn't have a virus, but he also, there's some level where you got to embrace the technology. Just think about, we wouldn't be able to do this or so many different things if we didn't have the technology that we have now. Uh, so it, it can, it can be a distraction at times, but I do think there's a lot of, lot of good to it as well. Correct. There, there's a lot of, uh, and especially when you think in terms of recruiting and uh, how the social media aspect of things. Uh, and how recruiting is turned into these days, it can be a positive thing and it can be a negative. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kind of do summarize a little bit. We have say you're say you're a high school AD slash football coach, and you have all this stuff going on beyond just getting buying Teamworks. Is there anything else that would be on your on your short list to? Hey, man, if we get these two, three, four things going, our lives are going to be a whole lot better. Um, I mean, other than like making sure you're, you have a good list of what you got to get done. Really, I, I've been, I'm truthful when I say this, Teamworks is the only thing I've, I've ever used. Yeah. Uh, other than the old school writing it down and having a list. I, to this day, I have a big uh, whiteboard in my office. And during travel, whenever season's going, I'll have a home checklist and an away checklist. And that way it's a visual for me. If my assistant or anybody needs to come in there and I've given people responsibilities, they can come look what's done. I can check it off and it gives them a chance to uh, stop by and see me too. Yeah, that's good. Is that, so Teamworks, you can, I'm assuming you can delegate different tasks and schedule things. And it's just, just tell me a little bit more about it. Now I'm I'm intrigued, man. This is the, so, so basically what it is, it's a communication platform. Okay. So everybody is on it. So if I, right now, if I need to know, Hey, Johnny Smith, I need to know his information. I can, I got an app. I go on, click his name and it's going to give me his student ID number, his email address, his mom, parent information. Uh, if he's on scholarship, it's going to put endless amount of information in there. That way I have it at the palm of my hands. And for us right now, I can see if coach says, Hey, I need to talk to Johnny. Uh, see what he can get here. I can click his name and it'll show me his schedule and I'll have quick access to see when I can get him. No, that's really good. Wow. Yeah, that's from, a, yeah. from a travel, from an operations uh, standpoint, it kind of centralizes all my information as far as my bus, meals, hotel, all that stuff. No, that's good. 
Hey, and by the way, we're, this isn't sponsored by Teamworks. He's not getting paid to, to talk about it, but maybe you should be, man. It'd be a good, be a good little setup yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm adamant about them, and they do. They, it's, it's a great program if, uh, if you're able to get it to help your program. Excellent, cool. Well, kind of final question here: If you had, you know, say you were talking to a young coach that's just starting out, just trying to get the footing on, you know, maybe they've gone away, they've played in college at a certain level, they're coming back, they're trying to stay in the game and they got their first coaching gig, what would you tell that man or woman who is just starting out based on kind of the years and uh, that you've had? Uh, I would just tell them to don't try to uh, – I see a lot in younger – some younger people where they try to get in there and they're full of energy and they want to do this. They kind of just trust the process and just be relational-driven um, listen to the vision that your head coach or whoever, whatever path you're taking, and just be yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to get you through is just being yourself. If you're somebody else, it's kind of like dating. If you try to act like somebody you're not, eventually they're going to find out. That's right. Wow. Man, there must be something to that because there's been multiple other coaches that have said something similar to that in recent recent interviews where – Hey, don't try to just copycat some other person, you know, find your own style, hone that. Don't just try to be the exact, maybe it was a, even as a good coach, don't try to be exactly like them because you're unique yourself and you have your own specific things that you can give. And I love that. It's good. Correct. And, and, and I, uh, a good friend of mine in this profession is Adam Clark and he's the ops guy. He's the same position in at North Carolina state. And we work together at Nebraska and we worked well together, but we are slightly different. Yeah. You know, he is him and I am me uh, and he's not trying to be me and I'm not trying to be him, but it's just important to be yourself because like I said, at the end of the day, your true colors are going to show. Yeah. And he also mentioned just kind of, kind of filing under the head coach's vision. You're doing that right now. You would encourage them to do it. And I've also heard it said that before you can be a great leader, you have to learn to be a great follower. Correct. Correct. And you got to make sure the old adage of the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. <laughs> make sure you're listening and listen to your players um, and just, just try to help. Yeah, that's good. Well, as a, as a, uh, as a send off here, do you have think back? It could be any level, but just want to see if we can have a, have a little laugh here before we wrap up. What's, what's been one of the most embarrassing moments either as uh, an ops person or on the field uh, if you're like me, there's several, but is there anyone that comes top of mind? Well, there's a there's a lot throughout the time, but I, I can say one that kind of keeps you know running through my head now is whenever I was at Kentucky Christian, we uh, we were having spring practice or spring game, and we had recruits coming in. They weren't supposed to be there for a couple more hours, so I was physically cutting the grass of the game field, the practice field at that time, getting ready for the game. And the recruits and parents showed up as I was pushing the push mower to, uh, to talk about, hey, we're here for the visit. So that was kind of a little different for me. Well, key word there. Did you say push mower? Push, yes, push mower. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Push mower then, for the hey, – yeah, they have turf now, so they're in a much better situation. But, gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, come to Kentucky Christian. Hold on one second. Let me get – let me – uh prime this to get started here <laughs> oh man well good stuff well thanks so much for 
for hopping on here and giving us just some of your wisdom. I appreciate you guys. You guys are dear friends, even though you're jet setting all over the country, different stops. I know just appreciate your all's uh, friendship and thankfully for things like Zoom and Marco Polo and we're even breaking out some TikToks now, connecting through that. So your oh, son yeah. Cam was killing it the other day oh, on yeah. TikTok. So uh, keep up the great work over there at Virginia Tech. I know it's going to be uh, a fun ride for you guys. And just yeah, really appreciate you as a person. Thanks for bringing it today. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Nate. Thanks for everything you do. Well, there it is, guys. Our conversation with Kevin Cristello. Really appreciated his insight. I hope one of the byproducts of this episode is that you're able to have some more sleep and get some better rest at night, knowing that what you need to get done is getting done and that you're able to find a tool that works for you to communicate well and to be able to empower some help. That way you're not carrying the load all by yourself. Hey, if you haven't already, we invite you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes coming up. We're going to continue to work hard to try to bring you valuable content that's going to help you personally and professionally. If you want to learn more about uh, Northern Kentucky FCA, just head on over to nkyfca.org. Until next time, keep growing, keep learning, keep changing lives on your team and in your home.